celebration. Pentecost has already been about, always from the beginning, been about harvest. Somebody say amen. I'm just going to give you this one free uh, uh, as an extra. Some of you remember it. Some of you may have been here, and you like me, you slept since then and don't remember it anyway. I'm going to give you a quick little excerpt here. Pentecost has always been about harvest, and the Pentecostal power that we have is not just so that we can swing from chandeliers and run around the sanctuary and feel Now, I'm all for that stuff. It's great. It's great for the Lord to move. It's great to feel good. It's great to come in here together and get energized, but that's not the main purpose of it the purpose of all that is so that when we leave this place where it's like our batteries are charged with Pentecostal power and we walk out of this place and we go to the restaurants and we go to our homes and our workplaces and we under the power of the Holy Ghost tell this lost and dying world about Jesus so what happened well, first of all, if you're taking notes, there's been a few jokes of over the last couple Sundays. Two Sundays ago, I, I told you I had 10 points. I don't have 10 points. I was asked this morning, how many points you got this morning? It's not 10. Number one, as we look into the upper room, we find that the impossible happened. Several things. First of all, we find that the wind, wind blew inside. There were no fans there were no air conditioning units. There was nothing that could naturally have produced this wind. You know, they, they've got these big old fans. You know, we've come a long way in technology. Over, over at the gym that I go to, in case you yeah, I actually do go, um, they've got those. I mean, they got those fans now. They look like helicopter blades up there. And, I mean, them things barely move, and you feel wind coming down. There, there was no fans the room was closed but suddenly the impossible happened and in the inside where everything else was closed up the wind they felt a wind begin to blow I just want to tell somebody today that the wind of the Holy Ghost is still blowing today I know these air conditioner units feel good one of them wouldn't blow at some point last summer any y'all remember that I'm thankful to feel that wind but more grateful than that I'm thankful that God Almighty still has the wind of the Holy Ghost that will come and he will blow in and he will move us and and refresh us in his power. The impossible happened. Wind blew inside. What else happened? You see, Pentecost has really been about the impossible from this very first outpouring in the book of Acts. It was always about the impossible. It was always about showing us that it wasn't about what we could do anyway. You know, I quoted just a little earlier in the service from the Old Testament that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And God was getting them ready to let the church know then in the New Testament and now that it's not going to happen by what we can do. We got some really great singers and really great musicians. I mean, they can do a little bit of everything. I mean, they've switched it up the last couple of weeks, do a little, uh, whatever you call it, acoustic kind of set. Now, they're really good. They can do all that. Every 
every once in a while I don't just completely blubber all over myself and hopefully can somewhat preach once in a while. But it's not about what we can do in ourselves. It has always been about taking something that really can't do it on its own. Like a little boy named David to defeat a giant. Like a guy named Gideon that was the least of the least of the least to defeat a mighty army. God has always been about taking the least and putting his power and anointing on them and doing the impossible. We find that what else impossible? They begin to speak in other languages that they had never learned. In chapter 2, verse 7, we read it. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, which we were born? Now, just so you know, as you study the Bible, you find that the reason they say this is basically these Galileans, they were the rednecks. They were the blue collar, the working class. They were not the educated. They were not the learned individuals. They were them old rednecks. So basically, all these people are like, how in the world are these rednecks speaking? They don't know all these languages. They barely, they don't even really know English. (laughs) But how are we hearing them speak? They began to speak in languages they had never learned. We find that cloven tongues of fire begin to set on each of them. Miracles begin to happen and break out. You see, the religious orders of the day had become so steeped in tradition that they no longer believed for the supernatural. They were only about their traditions. They were only about going through the motions. Listen, I believe that we seen, we saw in, in the, the world, saw in the late, we, none of us here saw it except for the Lord. In the late 1800s when Pentecost began to emerge again at Azusa Street and over at Barney Creek, and we, we find that, that their people had turned away. They no longer believed those things, but suddenly people began to believe again for the supernatural. And the Holy Ghost of God was began to be poured out again and miracles began to be poured out again. And I believe that we are in a day today that I believe that we're going to have to begin to believe for the impossible again. Now for those of us that are sitting here and we've been in America all of our lives, we've had it easy. For most of our lives sitting here, most of us have had it easy. I don't know, are there any people, I I know I used to hear some of the older folks talk about the depression and growing up in the depression. Anybody here, were you alive or remember the depression? Anybody here? Those Those are going by the wayside now. They're going to be with the Lord. You know, I've heard people talk about living through the depression, but after that, you know, most of us here, people go through tough times, but most of us that have been here in America, we've lived through such luxury and such plenty and such. We've not really had to come to some real big belief in the Lord because we've known we've been able. Brother Randy preached, or I'll tell you, he preached on faith this morning at the men's, bro, whatever, he devoted on it, whatever you want to, encouraged on it. You know, there's been times where we didn't really need faith. We didn't have to have faith. It wasn't impossible. We weren't worried about it. When gas was 95 cents a gallon, it didn't really take a lot of faith to believe. We could go fill up no problem, go drive around all we wanted to. But I'm telling you folks that I believe that God is getting ready. Jesus is coming quickly. God is getting ready to stir up a revival in the church. And I hate to say this and get anybody worried. But let me tell you, we may come back to the day 
where we're going to have to start believing in faith again. Where we have to start putting our faith and our trust in the Lord. Where everything don't just come easy. And it actually becomes faith again. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Listen, we're so used to knowing it's over at Walmart or over at Kroger. But the day may come where we have to in faith believe again that God is going to be Jehovah Jireh. That he's going to provide when we don't even see it anymore. God is getting ready to do the impossible again. Oh, it's going to leave you all good and depressed. Somebody say amen. I'm not telling you this to discourage you, but I'm telling you this to encourage you because what I'm telling you is if this world does go in that direction, folks that don't have the Lord, oh, how I wouldn't want to live like that. But I'm reminding us, folks, that we that know the Lord and the miracle-working power of God, we have a rock in which we can stand on. My second point. I'm watching the clock. I also heard that the first point's always the longest, and then the preachers realize they've used up too much time. So I'm just kidding around. I did hear that, but I know we were just joking this morning. Number two, there will always be haters. Look at verse 13. We didn't read this. We're going to read it now. Look at chapter 2, verse 13. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. In other words, they were like, these are a bunch of drunks. And these guys, they're just a bunch of crazy drunks. In fact, Peter in verse 15, look at that, he addresses that. For these are not drunken as you suppose. These boys are not drunk on alcohol. These women are not drunk on alcohol. This is not that. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. Now, this I'm going to get a little old-fashioned on you. Y'all ready for this? They must have, in some ways, looked foolish to those on the outside there. I mean, let's just be honest. I don't have one of those testimonies to tell you, oh, I was an alcoholic, and I was involved in all this kind of stuff, and God and praise God that God delivers people. But listen, my testimony is, thank God they kept me from that. But I have been around a few drunk people. And let's just be honest. One thing about drunk people is, not, nothing that they do really seems like, oh, they're really on point and they're really graceful. Most of it is like, they, they, are, mess, they are so stupid and goofy and they can't even walk. They don't know what they're saying. They're doing stuff they normally wouldn't do. Y'all, I'm going to preach. I, I, listen, I, sometime when the semester starts back, I'm going to pull out pull out an old sermon why I don't drink alcohol y'all y'all ain't gonna be ready for that we'll let school get started and football season get going before I pull that one out <laughs> some folks gonna skip that Sunday I know what's going on but let's just be honest anything that drunk people do it's not oh wow you know that's what do you do people make fun of drunk people y'all be honest y'all watch some YouTube videos or or, 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 or whatever, TikTok videos of people that are drunk and fall down and make a fool of themselves. So let's just be honest. If they were, making, if they were mistaken for drunkenness, obviously to the world they must have looked foolish. Can I take some of us back? Now some don't know what I'm talking about, but can I take some of us back to some of those old Pentecostal services where bobby pins went to being flung? 
And people, come on somebody and jerk and huckabuck and whatever you want to call it. Old time Pentecostal services. And people would, even some of us church people once in a while would laugh. We know we wouldn't. Then you'd be like, don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost and laugh at them. Come on, somebody. <laughs> We've all been, some of us, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on, if you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. So let me just kind of take us back to this. There's always going to be haters. They do look foolish. Sometimes what God does through you, and I know some of it got in the flesh and some of it got silly. Some of it just got some people just wanted attention and be the center of attention. But I'm telling you, I do believe, obviously, with this, on the day of Pentecost, we found that some people actually did look foolish. When you really begin to seek for more of God, you're going to stand out. And for lack of understanding or because of conviction of where they are, People are going to ridicule you. Now let me give you a little update on, on the last, since I've been preaching since I was 16, I'm 42 now. You know, even over the past 10 years, things have begun to change. You know, nowadays, I mean, this world's has got so goofy. You know, even the, even the huckabucking and jerking and even the speaking in tongues don't seem to offend people as much. You know, y'all ready for this? But listen, let me tell you what else comes with the Pentecostal message. Before, before, when you study the history of the church of God, before we were ever a Pentecostal church, we were first of all a holiness church. Oh, it's about to get real old-fashioned here. We were a holiness church before we were a spirit-filled church. And I believe what, what we're really getting ready for the haters, you know, people are so goofy nowadays. I don't think that the tongues and I don't even think that the, the, the demonstrative worship really is even bothering people nowadays. But I'm going to tell you what, what is bothering people nowadays is a message of holiness. We live in a crazy, messed up world. Do I have to tell you? What was it? Was it California just ruled that a, a bird was a fish or a fish was a bird? Which one? Anybody remember? A bee was a fish. A California court just ruled that a bee was a fish. And we're fighting. Schools are teaching kids, wanting to teach kindergartners. That if they feel like they're not the sex that they were born with, then they can just change that and reassign that. Do, do I, I don't have to go on. I know I don't. But what I want you to tell you in this is that as they bow begin to make fun of them and say that they were drunk and they look foolish, I believe that what in 2022, what we're gonna make, what, what the world is really gonna come against us about. It's not necessarily, oh, they're speaking in tongues or they're dancing. They don't really care about that no more. But when you start preaching that in the beginning he made a male and female, when you start preaching about things that God said that a man should not lie with another man like he lies with a woman, when you start preaching those kinds of things, I believe that that is where we're going to see in this modern day. We're really going to begin to see the world turn against us and hate us i got to keep moving. Third point, as we look into the upper room. We find that there was a preparation by God before they ever got there. We find 
that Jesus had breathed on them. In the book of John chapter 20 and verse 22. John chapter 20 and verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Before the day of Pentecost had come, before they were there in the upper room on that Pentecost Sunday, before the Holy Ghost had fallen, Jesus had breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. You see, I believe that many times God is preparing us for what He is going to do in us before He actually does it. Can I remind us we are in that society, we want it now, we want it right now, we want it immediately, if not sooner, we want it all, we want it right now, but listen, God does not operate that way. You know, it might have been, some of those disciples might have, might have thought, you know, when Jesus said, receive you the Holy Ghost and breathed on them, you know, they might have thought, okay, what, what's going on? Because it wasn't until later, on the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Ghost came. Can I tell somebody, sometimes you feel like, God, what in the world's going on? What in the world's going on, God? I thought you promised me that you'd do this. I thought if I prayed that you would answer my prayer. What's happening? I felt like you were moving. I felt like you did this. But it has, listen, you've got to understand that even when we look at Pentecost, we see that God will so many times prepare us for something before we truly ever arrive at it. I just need to tell somebody, don't you get discouraged. If you have not seen what you have been praying for yet, don't you get disheartened if you feel like it should have come. Jesus already breathed on me. Why don't I have the Holy Ghost? Can I tell you if God said he's going to do it, he will do it. But we do have to be patient and realize that God will do it in his time. Amen. Give God praise this morning. I see the time, and this is my last point, number four. This is one that if you've heard a Pentecost message before, you've heard this one, but it still holds true. When we look into the upper room, we find they were all in one place and in one accord. You see, I believe that unity in the church is so very crucial. Even in the Old Testament, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to, to dwell together in unity. So it's like the holy anointing oil that dripped from Aaron's head down his beard all the way to the soles of his feet. I'm going to tell you, if we want to see Holy Ghost power and we want to see Holy Ghost anointing, unity has got to be present. We can't hate one another. We can't hold grudges against one another. If we want to see the power of the Holy Ghost as they did on the day of Pentecost, then we've got to be in one place and in one accord. And I think I, I, I have to take probably now, I know now after 2020 more than ever, I'm more determined than I ever have been 
the importance of that one place also. Right now, as far as I know, we're streaming on YouTube, being recorded for podcasts. That's all great. You know, some people can't make it. Some people got to work. Some people are out of town. Some people are sick. I, un I understand that, but I'm determined more than ever that cameras and computers and Facebook or YouTube or any of that is never going to take the place of physically being together, worshiping God together. They were all in one place and in one accord. We need each other. You know, can I say it like this? Even Maybe even from a different angle than you've ever heard of this. They surrounded themselves with the right people. You've heard this, some variation of it over the years, I know. If you hang out with chickens, you're going to cluck. But if you hang out with eagles, you're going to fly. Can I remind us this morning that it is critical who you surround yourself with. Yes, we're witnesses. Yes, we need to be in contact with lost people. We're going to work with them. We're going to go to school with them. We're going to see them in the community. We're going we're to befriend them also. But I'm telling you the people that you put in your inner circle. The people that you rely on. Make sure that you are putting people around you that you want to be like. I'm not talking about perfect. Nobody's perfect. But every one of us have got have got have got areas that we can look and we can say, you know what, Jamie's got some things about her that I wish I could be more. Like, why are you making that face? <laughs> she really does. She's got areas about her that I think I wish I could be more like her. Eric, he's got. I look at his life. There's things about him I can tell. I wish I could be more like Eric. There's areas I know never the perfect. I'm not perfect, but hopefully you're finding some people. None of us are perfect, but find some people that are actually trying to follow God and live a Christian life and say, I want to put those people around me because we find that when the Holy Ghost was poured out, they were what? All in one place and in one accord. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the place where they're sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of Folks, it is my desire in these last days that we see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost again. It is my desire, Starkville Church of God, that we be, we be a place of Holy Ghost outpouring in Starkville, Mississippi. If our musicians want to go ahead and find, find their places, Begin to play softly. I truly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for us right here in this city. I truly believe in my heart God has called us. I, I thank the Lord. I told you this. I preached two weeks ago when I preached the 10-point sermon. I told you, you know, I, I don't believe. I don't believe you have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. There are a lot of, lot of good Baptist people, a lot of good Methodist people, 
A lot of good people that have never spoken tongues, but they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and they're going to be in heaven just like Pentecostal people. I, I believe that. Let me tell you what I do believe. Here in this city, I, I do believe we've, we've got a lot of good churches, but I think we're unique in being one of the Pentecostal churches here in this city. And it's my prayer that Starkville Church of God be a place that is known that the Holy Ghost comes down in our midst. That Jesus is glorified. That this be a place where people say, hey, you sick? They'll pray over you. They'll believe with you. You got trouble? They'll pray over you. They might be a little loud. They might even speak in them tongues. But when I go there, I feel something that I don't feel anywhere else. I feel a power and a presence from the Lord. Church, I believe if there's a mission we've got right here on this hillside in Starkville, Mississippi, I believe that that is our mission, to be a place where the power of the Holy Ghost is free to fall. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Lord, we just thank you and we praise you. Lord, I invite you to have your way in this house. I invite you to have your way in your people, oh God. Lord, it is my desire, it is my heart's desire that this be a place where the power of the Holy Ghost is poured out in a mighty, mighty way. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Come on, just go ahead and open up your mouth and worship Him for a moment. It's all right. Just right where you're at, seated. Just begin to praise Him right now. Just begin to thank Him. Just begin to invite Him. Lord, pour out Your Spirit. Pour out Your Spirit afresh and anew upon me, upon our church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I want you to hear your pastor's heart today and understand me. Believe the Lord's calling us, as I've said. God's not called us to be Pine Lake. God called Pine Lake to be Pine Lake. God didn't call us to be First Baptist. God called First Baptist to be First Baptist. God didn't call us to be the Presbyterian church. He called them to do that. It's just like every single one of us. You know, especially we as preachers, we find our way. I'm still finding my way. You grow up and you have preachers that inspire you. This morning, men's breakfast, Adrian Rogers came up. Great, great preacher. G.E. Patterson, great, great preacher. T.L. Lowry, Ray H. Hughes, some of those guys, great preachers. And as you grow up and you model, you know, you find some things. But listen, I got to, God called me to be Dennis Law. He didn't call me to be T.L. Lowry. He didn't call me to be Rod Parsley. He didn't call me to be Stephen Furtick. He called me to be Dennis Laughlin. And he's called every one of us to be the best us. 
Now, yeah, we're going to pick up things here and there. There's some things that we're going to do similar. There's some things. But I, listen, my heart and my desire, my vision for Starkville Church of God is that what God has called us to be right here. Well, yeah, we're going to sing some of the same songs. We may do some of the same things. But listen, I, there, there's, no, there's no map. There's no book that you can say, just do this, 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 this. It all don't work everywhere the same. Listen, God has got a specific plan and a specific purpose for this place. And I believe that a big part of that here is to be a spirit-filled church, to let the Holy Ghost be poured out in our midst. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I agree with you. That's my desire. I want to see the Holy Ghost poured out in our church. Every time, it's not always going to look the same. Sometimes we're going to come in and there's going to be, I've been in services where there's such a heavy conviction and people got convicted and repented and wept. And then some services, it's a rejoicing. People are running the aisles and shouting. You know, I just want what God wants. If you're with me here today and you say, Pastor, it is my desire on this Pentecost Sunday to say, Lord, have your way in Starkville Church of God. Have your way in my life. Pour out your spirit on us. Would you just make your way out of your seat to this altar right now and just stand and begin to lift your hands and say, Lord, pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out on me. Pour your spirit out on my family. Pour your spirit out on our church, oh Lord. Lord, we want to be who you've called us to be, individually and as a church. You haven't called us to be anybody else. Lord God, you called them to be them. But you've called us to be us. You've called me to be me. Lord, we want you to pour out your spirit in a powerful powerful way oh lord have your way come on just lift your hands right now as you continue to come that's fine lift your hands and say lord pour your spirit out pour your spirit out in this place oh lord pour your spirit out in this place oh god pour your spirit out even there in your pews would you just begin to lift your hands and say lord pour your spirit out on me pour your spirit out on my family pour your spirit out on our church oh god pour out your spirit on this pentecost sunday 2022 we want a mighty outpouring of the holy ghost of god we want to be who you've called us to be not to duplicate god yes we're going to learn things from people yes we're going to do some things the same but god we're not trying to be a carbon copy of anybody we're simply trying to follow you and what you want for us and be what who you've called us to be oh lord in the name of jesus Help us as individuals. Help us, oh God, to be who you've called us to be, oh Lord. Oh, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit, oh Lord. Help us as Starkville Church of God to be the city set on this hill you've called us to be, oh Lord. To shine forth your light into this dark world. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. As they begin to sing, just continue. of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit out 
Sundays ago was the most hungry that I've ever been in a service where I preached on speaking with tongues and being filled with the Spirit. Been in some youth camps and some revival service, but in a regular Sunday morning, I've never been in a service where people just felt so hungry and were just calling on God. And I'm praying that that hunger would just continue in this place, that we would be hungry and thirsty for a move of God like we've never seen before. Can we ask him for that? To put a hunger inside of us, Father, right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would just, that we would remain hungry and thirsty for you. I pray, God, that that would only increase in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you're doing here at Starkville Church of God. Thank you for the hunger that is here.